When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry. Once again, I'm delighted to see I'm joined by the Daily Records Andy Newport and the Sunday Mail Chief Football Writer Scott McDermott. We'll look back on Sunday's extra time semi-final win over Aberdeen 2-1, which books Rangers place in the Via Play Cup final in February against Celtic. Uh, Rangers haven't won the trophy since 2011. Andy, I'll start with you. Uh, you were at Hamden on Sunday. Uh, let's just reflect first of all on uh, that this opening period of since Michael Beale took charge, seven games I think, six six wins, that one draw against Celtic. Now a cup final to look forward to. In terms of that, it couldn't have gone any better, could it? No, it's been a pretty much flawless start. I mean. What was he, two or three minutes away if you get the result against Celtic as well? Mm-hmm. He gets equaliser. So, results wise, it couldn't have gone much better for Michael Beale since he came, came in to replace Gio Van Bronckhorst. I don't think he'll be happy, uh, anywhere near happy yet with performances. Um, they, they've been fairly patchy so far. There's been spells in games where they've looked good, you know, 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And that's been enough, really, that's, that's gotten the result most of the time. But you know, in terms of that real ninety-minute dominant performance, I, th- I think you're still, I think Michael Beale's still striving for that, uh, and that'll be not the concern, but that'll be the aim. That I would really want to start seeing certain dominant performances, some dominant displays coming through in the next few weeks. I mean, obviously, getting he had a horrendous injury list to to uh, deal with when he came in um, last month. Obviously, that's starting to to ease off a wee bit. Um, Expecting Yanis Hadji back uh, this weekend, perhaps maybe John Suter sometime soon uh, as well. Tom Lawrence, we're, we're still not quite sure uh, how long he's going to be out. And then if he can get another couple of additions in the door, the, the, the squad will certainly look stronger. But I, I think Michael Beale will know that whilst the results are there, what this squad really needs is, is a bit of an overhaul. Um, I think the Rangers fans can can look at what Michael Beale's produced so far and go, right, this is a guy, you know, there's a few doubts about whether he was ready to take on a job of their stature. I don't think there's any doubt. Tactically, he's good enough. He seems to be able to get results from the players and you know, get, get a, a, a turnaround during games. He, he seems to be, it seems every every half time he, he has to go in there and, and work the magic and, and, and get a change around, get a, an increase in tempo. It seems always to be the first half, I think. You know, majority of the games it seems to be the first half it's the issue where they, they don't really come out the box quickly enough but I, I think they'll know that really uh, to get to the next level that they're home to it's probably going to take additions rather than you know working the training field I, th- I think the, the signs are clear that this is still a squad that, that really needs a bit of surgery performed on it 
So in terms of additions, Scott, we spoke to Gary Holt last week about Todd Cantwell. He was the main name. We thought he might, well, going by what had been written, we thought he might have been in by now. He's not. But, uh, Morgan Whitaker is a, another name that has come out. Um, yep. Swansea City recalled him. He had been flying at Plymouth Argyle um, where he was on loan. Um, having just looked at his sort of profile... Does he excite you as much as Cantwell? Does he excite you full stop? 22 years old, um, former England under 20 international, started in Derby County. Um, well, I, listen, I think pedigree wise, probably Cantwell is a bit more exciting. I mean, Cantwell, you're talking about a guy that no, a couple of seasons ago was playing 40 games in the, the Premier League, scoring, scoring six goals, and talked about as a, a 30 million pound player. So, I mean, that's. That's the calibre of him. I mean, Whitaker's different. Um, but again, like Cantwell, I think he fits the Michael Beale profile and I think he's exactly the type of player Beale is looking for. And by that, I mean, he's at a good age. I think he's only 22, Whitaker. Mm-hmm. There's loads of potential there. Now, you mentioned he's played for England under 20, so there's, mm-hmm. he's obviously high, highly regarded a couple of years ago. There's room for development. He seems hungry. He's going away to Plymouth on loan and totally wrapped it up. I mean, Plymouth have been phenomenal this season mm-hmm. at the top of that division and he's he's played a big part in that. So I think he ticks loads of boxes for Bill, and especially probably because of the, the position he plays because, you no, know, he plays off the right side but he's very much got an eye for goal and the way Rangers are playing just now, you no, know, with the two, call them wide men, they're not really wide men. You see Ryan Kent, no, the amount of play he had at the weekend playing playing in field. So Whitaker, if he comes in, would, would probably be earmarked for that kind of role that Sakala's playing at the minute. Um, and I think that right side is an area that the Rangers have been trying to strengthen in for for years. I'm sure Andy would agree with that. I mean, they've tried so many, so many players. I mean, it was interesting when we interviewed Michael Beale last week for the Sunday papers, he was talking up KMR Roof for that position. I think Probably in an ideal world, Roof would be his kind of first choice to play that role beside a central striker. No, he mentioned that when he was there with Steven Gerrard, he always felt Roof, Morelos and Kent was the kind of strongest, strongest three in, in attack. But Roof's had so many injury problems, No, again, flared up on Sunday, albeit a different injury, but you can't rely on him. Now, and I think he's got to look at different options. Sakala's doing a good job in there just now. Is he a long-term answer for Rangers? Probably not. I really like Sakala, but I think he's probably an impact player or a kind of more of a squad player. So I think he's probably looked at Whitaker, the position he plays, the profile, his age, his potential, and he certainly ticks a lot of boxes. So I'm no surprised that they're, that they're going for somebody like him. I think... Andy, I mean, I know, I know it's unfair to make sort of. It's not to say that everybody's going to work out like this, but when when Scott spoke about Whitaker there, you could probably have said the exact same thing about Rabi Matondo in the summer. Not to say, well, I know it's, I know it doesn't mean that every guy who's twenty two is not going to work out, but that kind of profile does that worry you? Would you want more experience, or do you get your Morgan Whitakers and then experience comes later? They can't all be. I don't think Rangers are in a, a marketplace where they can sign, you know, guys that are ready made to walk in. I mean, that's just the you know, that's just the realities of 
Rangers, the, the financial reality of, of Rangers right now. You know, mm-hmm. you look at you know the money that's been thrown about down down south. Rangers have got to take punts effectively. Um, you know, to an extent, that's what Celtic have done uh, with the Japanese guys come in. They, they just had the the you know the, the good fortune that Ange Postecoglou has been out there and has seen them and and, and trust them. Um, there was no, obviously no guarantees these guys were going to all come in and here and acclimatise to Scottish football the way that they have, but Celtic have, have you know done that well. Rangers obviously are, are, are looking down south primarily. Um, you know every every signing Rangers will, and Celtic will make the money they're spending will be spent essentially. There's a, a, a bigger element of risk uh, involved whether or not these guys can come in and, and reach the levels that the, the old firm need them to reach. Um, just on Todd Campbell, what you're saying there. Obviously, the fact that you know we're two weeks into the window and that there's been no new arrivals yet, I'm not sure that the Rangers fans should expect Campbell in anytime soon. I think that might be one that they have to wait until the last week in the window. Just from the people I've been speaking to, I don't think he's in any rush just yet. Uh, obviously, there's no, we understand there's been no official bid made. I think you know from what Michael Beale was saying, he's been speaking directly to the type of guys he wants to sign. So. Perhaps there's been some face-to-face with him, but in terms of an official bid put into Norwich, I don't think that's happened yet. And I think Todd Campbell will be perhaps a wee bit keen just to let see what other offers are, are, are about there before he makes his mind up. I think there was obviously chat yesterday that PSV might be an option for him over in Holland. So that might be one that Rangers need to be patient with before they can they can get that one over. I, I definitely know that Rangers are in the conversation with them. Campbell's... It's one of the clubs he is considering, but I think he might be content just to, to wait a wee while. Um, you know, in terms of you know who else they need to bring in. You know, I, I definitely think that from what Rangers have seen from Michael Beale so far, that if if they can get one or two additions in, I'm not saying they're going to win the league, but I, I think they can be far more competitive. Obviously, that they've you know they've not lost a game yet under Beale, but in terms of just turning that heat up in Celtic. One or two quality additions, guys that can come into starting lineup and and you know be better than the guys that are there. That could certainly you know you know make Celtic sweat a wee bit on on the tail race and you know perhaps give them that wee bit of hope of you know getting these these two cups that they're still in for. So it's a big window for Rangers and they really need to make sure they get it right, having made quite a bit of a mess of of the of the summer window. I mean, even if you're okay, I mean, it's probably optimistic to talk about a league challenge, but I mean, certainly the Cups, as we've spoken about on here before, now they're in the final, Scott, you know, how much does that change things in terms of the need to act, you know, to act in this transfer window so that they're as strong as they can be for February 26th when they face Celtic? I think you're right. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely want to you know, get additions and probably with that Cup final in mind, because I think as I've said before I think the Cups now are Michael Beale's priority I mean he might never admit it so blatantly in, in public but the wee things he's saying if you read between the lines again he said something to us last week um, he said when you look at the league he says if you think Celtic are going to have an off day or a bad moment you would like to be there no there or thereabouts to capitalise he says and that's why it's such a shame no, that Kyogo goal late on at Ibrox, no, pegging them back. That told me that he thought that that was the chance to really mm-hmm. kind of try and rein Celtic in. And now, no, we only two old firm games left, the next one being at Celtic Park. It's going to be really difficult to claw back that nine point deficit. I mean, that's not to say they'll not get a right good go. 
Mm-hmm. But I think he knows in his mind that's where the whole kind of, you know, this kind of unthinkable quote at the weekend came about when he spoke about you know, it being unthinkable for these players not to win a trophy. I think these two cups are now the priority. That's why it was so important that they got over the line on Sunday. You no, know, irrespective in, in many respects of the the performance, it was just all about the result. They just had to they just had to be in that final. Um mm. and they did it. You know, they found a way to win like they have done in a few of the, the games since Michael Beale came back, which is a really good really good trait to have. Um so you're right, I think they want a couple of additions in with the cup final in mind and obviously the, the Scottish Cup which is coming up this weekend. But in saying all that, I think I've said to you before, I still think just now it'll be about getting a couple in to freshen the place up, give them that wee bit of impetus getting into the, the second part of the season with the Cups in mind. But ultimately, I think that the, the planning has to be for the summer window because, as Andy says, this squad needs a total revamp, a total refresh. I'm amazed if there wasn't you know, a lot of work getting done behind the scenes to make sure they get the additions right in the summer because that, that for me will be the crucial window. Of course, it's good to get a couple of guys in just now to give them you no know, that six months before the start of the season. But January is a difficult window. I mean, Andy's talking about Cantwell there. I mean, that's that that move's obviously dragging on a bit. I think January can be like that. You no, know, they might need to wait a bit later to get to get guys in and it can get a bit you no know, a bit tense. I think the summer you get a bit more breathing space and I think that's where Bill will do most of his recruitment work to make sure they're ready to go and actually put in a challenge to Celtic for the title right for the off next season. Scott, you covered the semi-final on Saturday for the Sunday Mail, Andy. You were there on Sunday. What do you think, Andy? Do you think Celtic uh, are more worried about Rangers now under Bill? Do you think there's... Do you think they, they thought they had Giovanni Van Bronckhorst number? Well, they did, really, didn't they? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, Van Bronckhorst got a couple of big results against uh, Celtic, uh, notably at Hamden as well, um, with the Scottish Cup semi-final. But I think I just thought Rangers under Gio were a team that was just mm-hmm. running out of energy, running out of ideas, just a bit flat. Everything gone flat. The the the, the joy had come out of them. You know, it was, it was obviously such a high last year to get the Seville. And then you come into this season, it would have been full of optimism, and that, all that just get absolutely wrung out of them by the Champions League and just how brutal it was. And they needed. I mean, you know, we all agreed Gio was was a, a lovely guy, and nobody likes to see managers getting sacked. But they really were a team that needed just a fresh impetus. And, and Bill coming back in, knowing the guys. Having those relationships with a lot of the squad members is sort of, you know, it's rejuvenated them to an extent. You know, you still see that there's a fragileness to them. And Bill spoke about that eh, after the game at Hamden, just about the anxiety levels that mm. they still have. They still have these weird moments where composure just goes out the window and mm-hmm. or moments where they switch off, like Barisic with the, the, the goal, um, the Aberdeen goal on Sunday, which is just inexplicable. And things that when a team it's the sort of thing they weren't doing the second half of last season or the sort of thing they weren't doing the year they won the title and those are things that you know I think are just a consequence of just how brutal the first half of the season was um, mm. those doings that basically they got in the Champions League I think it'll take time for that to come back as, as I said earlier and Scott agreed with I think they definitely do need some reinforcements I think some fresh blood coming in will we'll give the place a bit of lift well, well Celtic 
we worried about them, yeah, definitely, because you know, it's, it's, the second half at Ibrooks, especially, you know, Celtic weren't great that day, obviously, but but Rangers you know, pushed them and you know, had they held on a few more minutes longer, um, perhaps they might have got a result, and as you say, that could have changed the whole complexion of the title race. But certainly, you know, you can't discount the fact that a new manager's come in in seven games and they haven't lost a game. I think tonight they can make it, uh, tomorrow night, sorry, they can make it um, 10 games undefeated. I think that's about the first time in almost a year that they would have done that, which is pretty remarkable for, for a Rangers team. So, um, you know, that's, you know, those are sort of things that will concern Ange Postecoglou. I'm sure that they will still feel that their favourites. Of course, they are. Yeah. They are. They're flying. But you know, certainly it's a better picture around about Ibrox right now since Michael Beale took over. I, I don't. I don't know what you think, but you know, think as well. Talk about the difference between Gio. I feel as if Michael Beale's almost taking Ange on a wee bit as well. Scott, that's funny because I was going I've actually got this written down here that I wanted to ask you specifically sorry to interrupt you but that was what I wanted to say Ange Postecoglou has referenced twice he mentioned after the game maybe you were there in the the press conference when he he referenced this lucky thing again yeah yeah has Michael Beale got under his skin a bit but I also want to ask you because you had the story initially, you were in the press conference where Michael Beale initially said uh, that Ange Postecoglou is the lucky, you know, he's a lucky manager, you know, with the money he's got to spend and all that. Yeah. Now, Michael Beale is very honest. You can tell in what he's, you know, his, his press conferences, he, he just says it how it is. Was that just him being honest or do you think there was a bit of mind games in there? I think there is a wee bit of mind games. I, I think, listen, it's one of these things where See if you're see if you're losing, it can look a bit arrogant, a bit no, a bit stupid, a bit silly at times. But if you're getting results and you can go and win games and win trophies, then I think you can look at it and say he's got under their skin a wee bit. So mm. is it a gamble for Michael Beale can almost take Nan John verbally? I think it is a bit of a gamble, but I, but I quite like it because yeah. I think I think that's what Rangers needed. And it's nothing against Gio Van Bronckhurst as a guy, but he did lack that wee bit of personality in his press conferences. And he didn't really have it in him to go and verbally joust with with the other manager. And I think, and this is me praising Ange Postecoglou, I think a massive part of Postecoglou's success has been his personality and his character. No, real big personality. Um, no, so well respected. Now I think there's a fear factor there, even no between him and his between his players and him. I think that's been a big part of the why Celtic have been so good the last couple of seasons. And I think Rangers needed somebody to come in as well as what they need to do on the pitch. I think they needed a new manager to come in and actually take Ange on off yeah. the pitch and nobody yeah. nobody scared about what you say and no kind of tiptoeing about and Beale I think to his credit has done that now as I say it's going to look a wee bit silly if Celtic go and get a treble no win this cup final um, and take the other two trophies that's the gamble that Beale's taking but I think he's had to take it because I think as a manager you need to show your players as well that you're not going to be you're not going to be pushed about off the pitch uh, as well as on it Michael Beale worked with Stephen Gerrard he was seen the way Stephen Gerrard handled him you know, Stephen Gerrard, when he was Rangers manager, wasn't he scared to speak his mind? Wasn't he scared to to have a wee pop if, if he felt it was necessary? 
And I think, you know, he, he saw the impact that had. If you're going to be a Rangers manager, you, Scott rightly says, you, you need to have a wee bit about you. Yeah. You, you, you know, as I said earlier, we all spoke about how much a gentleman Gio was, but what did yeah. it, did it do him? In the day when, you know, he was giving platitudes to other teams and he was, you know, being respectful and, you know, maintaining this dignified silence at times, it, it didn't get him anywhere. You know, you need to have a wee bit of, you know, a, a, not a nastiness, but you need you need to have a wee bit of a belief in yourself and a belief in your team. And I think Michael Beale, you know, he is, you know, I think we should say that he is very careful at times to be respectful of our teams. You know, yeah, he, he got a bit of a slap after one of his first press conferences with this other team thing. Which, to be fair, I, I was in the press conference when he made it. It, it just it was a throwaway remark, but he, he had referenced Ange Postecoglou and, and Celtic numerous times throughout the press, press conference. So it wasn't like he was scared of. Um, I've mentioned them all. He was being disrespectful in any way, but I think you know there's there's been times whether it's just me sort of you know underhand we uh, sort of aside strokey asides or whether he's made wanted to make more pointed remarks. He, he, you know he, he's clear when he wants to get his point across, and uh, you know it's now down to the players to respond to that. They need to be able to see like we're managers willing to put his neck out. We need to do it. We need to do it too. That's right. What is, I mean, Scott, you said there is a bit of a gamble, but I mean, what is the alternative? The alternative is that you know you don't, you know, you just roll over and you just, you know, if you don't yeah. have, that, if you don't have that, you're just accepting. And as you see, the players will see that you're just accepting almost that you're, you know, inferior to your rivals, and you can't. Yeah, but I think I think you're right. But I think he's actually taking a wee step further by actually having a couple of wee digs. Do you know what I mean? I think that's where you maybe take the gamble because I say it can look a bit a bit silly if you're no if you're no winning games. As Andy says, I mean, he is always very respectful, and he has been of Ange whenever he's whenever he spoke about him, but. As I said, I like the fact that he's he has taken that a wee bit further. And as you say, Gav, whether he likes it or no, the fact that Ange Postecoglou has referenced it again, you no, know, after Saturday's game, to me that proves that it has got to him a wee bit. I'm not saying it, it it bothers him, but he's obviously seen it, he's read it, he's thought about it. It's been in his mind, you no, know, to mention it after the game. And listen, Ange is the wee dig. No, I said a wee dig, a wee dig back with the with the lucky thing. So that's fine. So they're, they're both at it. That, that's what we want. But as Andy says, I think as players, you need to see that for your manager if you're going to go and be successful and win trophies and, and challenge for titles. As I say, under Gio, I think that side of it had been kind of lost. I mean, Andy's talking about the whole thing going flat, and he's right. And I think that's part of it. No, on the pitch and off the pitch, it went it went a bit flat. Ange was the dominant dominant force and Celtic were the, were the dominant team I think Bill is clever enough to know that can't happen anymore if Rangers are going to get back to winning leagues regularly and challenging for you know, for every trophy then you've got to have that wee bit wee bit about you I mean Gav you know yourself you, know, you dealt with guys like Advocate Walter Smith especially I mean they, they would never have allowed themselves you know, to be kind of talked down or dominated or whatever they would always get their Always get the road. Even Walter, who was the you no know, super respectful to, to everybody, he wouldn't he be shy of no. getting wee digs in when he felt when he felt his team needed it. So yeah. I think that's a good thing that, that Bill has taken on. I think he's quite brave to do it so early and he's kinda of rain at Rangers, but I think he's felt that he had to yeah. he has to get a reaction at this team, he has to jolt them and, and make them you no know, no, make them believe that they're no, they're no second best, yeah, and they can go and challenge. 
do you think Ange Postecoglou and sort of Celtic and Celtic fans in general saw Van Bronckhurst as a bit of a soft touch, really? I think so. I think so. But listen, I think that comes with you know, a 4-0 and a 3-0 hammering in all firm games when it was yeah. when it was just so easy. I mean, yeah. you just can't go, you can't go to Celtic Park twice in the trot you know, and lose seven goals. And let, let's be honest, Rangers rolled over. They, they two games, I mean, it was embarrassing. Totally embarrassing. And that that cannot happen. Um, yeah. GOT's credit, as Andy touched on, that Scottish Cup semi-final, in the midst of that Europa League run, obviously the performance they produced that day at Hamden was phenomenal against Celtic's strongest team. Um, but as I say, those two defeats at Celtic Park were so damaging. And Bill, Bill will have watched it. He's already spoke. He watched those games and just couldn't. But it was like a different. Felt as if he was watching a different Rangers to the one that he left. That he left behind. So he'll have been straight on the case when he get back to make sure that that. No, there's that mentality shift and, and something like that doesn't happen again. And as I say, I think part of that whole picture involves him as well, taking on Ange off the pitch as well as his team doing it on it. We've talked about Andy repeatedly since the eve of the first game of the season, so we won't go over it again. John McLaughlin stroke Alan McGregor because Alan McGregor had some criticism for his performance on Sunday, stayed rooted to the spot. Uh, he's lying a couple of times, one for the offside goal. Uh, I've read a lot of fans criticise him. He was slow to react. And it's criticism that we have heard. But rather than the McLaughlin-McGregor debate, would you bring a goalkeeper in in January rather than wait to the summer? Again, with a view to the cup final and everything else that we've talked about. I, 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 I tend to think there's more pressing areas. Um, mm-hmm. They, they need I mean end of the day Rangers only really need to rely on their, their goalkeeper and you know the worst case scenario at times and you know I still think McGregor I mean he makes two great saves in extra time that you know effectively win them the tie mm-hmm. um, so I mean yeah he's not the level he was at um, a couple of years ago but you know who is I mean Alan McGregor is rightly regarded as one of Rangers best goalkeepers of all time so um, because of those kind of displays, yeah, he's, he's tailed off a bit, but I still think he's more than good enough to do a job in, in the meantime. I, I think there's more pressing areas. I, I certainly think they need, you know, Scott says a right winger. I think they, they need certainly some, another option, a different kind of option in midfield. Somebody who's mm-hmm. going to make those kind of forward runs. You know, Scott Arfield did it a few weeks ago up at Petodre, but, you know, at 33, he's, he's, he's not getting any younger. And, Scott Arfield seems to be a player that is more effective coming off the bench. You know, he, obviously he was a match winner up at Petodre. He goes two um, goals in extra time, then he starts the next week at Ross County and doesn't really do much. Um, I think he's one of these guys that you know when legs are tiring and you know the games you know get a wee bit more you know erratic. He's a guy that can pick you those wee spaces, but when you know, everyone's fresh and everyone's sort of sticking to their shapes it doesn't quite seem to get so much joy so I definitely think they need somebody else in midfield you've seen obviously Ryan Jack he seems to have had the, the shackles taken off him since since Gio's uh, sacking you know he gets forward he gets three shoulder uh, assist for Sakala at Tanadice he obviously gets a goal on Sunday um, so, but I definitely think they need something else in midfield they just seem to be again a wee bit samey you know Lundstrom Jack Kamara, you know, they all just kind of seem to do the same sort of things. Tillman coming off, uh, I thought that was a, you know, I, 
I thought they were kind of lucky to get away with that one the weekend because I, I still think he's such an important player for them. He's, he's a guy that can make things happen. So I think they need somebody else of his sort of type. Um, and then, you know, maybe another striker as well because, uh, you know, we're still waiting to hear what, what the damage is with the roof. Um, Morelos just seems no nearer really to rediscovering his form. All just seems to be caught in this lull that he's been in all season. Still doesn't look fit enough to me, if you ask me. And obviously, Cholak's, you know, injured again, so we need to wait and see how long he's going to be out for. But he's only, again, it's, it's, it's harsh to judge too early, but he's only had one real run out under under Michael Beale. And like, yeah, about Tadice obviously took a knock, but before that, you know, I was struggling to get involved. So, you know, maybe another striker coming in would be the priorities over a goalkeeper. I definitely think, obviously, you know, 40 years of age, Al McGregor, you know, we all thought last year, season might have been his last. I, I still think this will probably be it for him. So, goalkeepers, it's going to have to be a situation that's going to have to be addressed. But for me right now, I think there's more pressing concerns that they, they should be looking at. Just finally, you're both going to McDermott Park on Saturday tea time for Rangers trying to get another final uh, this time in the Scottish Cup. Um, I read today it could be the lowest ever home crowd uh, from St Johnson fans who they're there boycotting the game. It's been well documented over ticket prices, I think 30 quid plus decision from St Johnson to give Rangers three stands. How much will that be a factor, do you think? Uh, uh, you were obviously there the last time, Andy, um, when Rangers get beat. Uh, you thought Van Bronckhorst might have gone there. But how do you think that's going to work in Rangers' favour? And can you understand the decision of fans to stay away? Yeah, obviously, you know, fans have got every right to decide how they spend their money. Um, you know, it's not an unusual situation. There's a couple of grounds you go to where, you know, like Livingston, for example, where Rangers, you know, <laughs> Given huge away support, so that's maybe just an indication of level of support Livingston attract these days. You know, I mean, I think there's one thing, I mean, just talking from St. Johnson's point of view, I mean, you can understand why the board have done it. You know, this is a, you know, it's a family-run club. They've put in huge sums over the years and look what they've delivered, for, you know, in the last 10 years alone, three cup wins. Um, I, I do think that the St. Johnson board should be cut some slack with it. You know, this is an opportunity, you know, to, to raise some serious cash, get a full house that doesn't happen often. At the end of the day, St. Johnson wouldn't need to do this if the people of Perth turned out in their numbers and supported yeah. them. I mean, I mean, that may sound harsh, but it's the reality. I mean, a lot of St. Johnson managers down the years have been talking, I remember Tommy Wright speaking about this quite a few times that, you know, even when they were you know winning Scottish Cups, you know, even after... You know, Cam Davidson's um, cup double a couple of years back. Did they? Did you know? Obviously, that was a COVID season. But the next year, did the did the number surge? Was was a, was McDermott Park sold out week after week? No. So this is a rare chance for St Johnston to you know sell out McDermott. And even if it's only three hundred fans, you know they'll still have three sides of the ground full. I would imagine. So yeah, you know, I can understand it. The St Johnston fans might not like it. It's well within their rights not to turn up. That's the way it is, but you know, I think you know, if, you know, in these you know day and age when money's tight and you know inflation's through the roof and clubs are all feel, feeling the pinch, if there's a chance to make a few extra quid and you know, you know, stave off any financial trouble, then can you really blame clubs for for taking it? Mm. 
I know it might not be directly linked, but you look at St Mirren, who did cut the allocation for both Rangers and Celtic and beat Celtic this season and were minutes away from beating Rangers, weren't they? So no, the attendances are up to Mons. So yeah. I mean, you know, the people the people in Paisley are responding to that. Um you can understand, you know, it's a gamble as well. You look at some Mirren's financial results, uh, obviously yeah. before this season, uh, one point was it 6 million? 1.6, 1.6, yeah. But they did, um, I mean, in terms of that decision of reducing the the allocation for Rangers and Celtic fans, they did get St Mirren fans to compensate, didn't they? Did they pay extra? Yeah, uh, they, I think they asked for punters to, to, to make a contribution towards helping that. Um, you know, St Mirren fans are willing to do that. Um, and, you know, their team are doing well this season. So, you know, the people of Paisley, I mean, somebody lives in the... And pays them myself, then it's you know it's good to see the punters turn out to support the local club. You just you're just a bit surprised that the, the St Johnson punters haven't you know, given the success that this club's had over the last you know decade. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen that increase in, in supporters. It's just a it's a shame really. Shame for St Johnson. Just for the Rangers' point of view, Gav, I mean, it'd be easy to say close the stadium with a full of Rangers fans. No, it'll be like a home game. Make make it a bit easier, but. I don't know, I mean, can you read, has it ever really worked, worked out that way? I mean, whenever St. Johnson have caused Rangers problems, you no, know, beat them earlier in the season, could you really say the, 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 the St. Johnson home crowd had a big impact on that? I don't I don't think so. I think it will just come down to the, the players and the, the players and the pitch. And Rangers, if they go there thinking, oh, listen, we've got a full stadium, it'll be like a home game, we should be fine, then they'll slip up. Uh, I know St. Johnson had a, a really poor result. Uh, last weekend against against Livingston, they'll be looking to bounce back. Obviously, it's a no, it's a cup, it's a one off one off tie. They'll they'll think they'll still think they can cause an upset. We know what Callum Davison's capable of producing in one off one off ties. So if Rangers are on the at it, irrespective of what the what the crowd is or how how the stadium's made up in terms of fans, then they'll uh, they'll come a cropper. So I mean, they're, go, just- they're going to be at it. Michael Beale just needs to look back in Stephen Gerrard's first visit to Almondville against Livingston. I mean, like, you know, similar situation. Rangers fans round three, three sides of the ground, and and they, they lost to was it Dolly Dolly Menger? Dolly Menger. So I was there that day. So um, you know, as it's, as it's right, it's, it's having that volume of support uh, away grounds absolutely no guarantee. They have, they have to be bang at it. Um, but it will be interesting to see how it how it pans out this weekend, and I'm looking forward to Spee Scott giving me a drive through <laughs> <laughs> no, we need to speak about that Andy <laughs> I hope you don't claim mileage if you drive you do no no thanks a lot for your time guys enjoy the game on Saturday <laughs> cheers Gav <laughs> Bye. Bye.